Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Sing, 
He says, sing, Rani, let's say Rani. Rani, it means to express emotion. Express emotion, it can be one good or bad, actually, in the con in, you know, depending on the context. Barren one, Akra, it's one who has been uprooted. Deep, and here it's speaking of depopulated Jerusalem, who has not given birth, it says, who has not given birth to, of course, Jerusalem in exile, or people in exile in the Galut, burst into singing and shout. And literally in the Hebrew, it really means just open up in crazy, brightening sounds. You who have not travailed, you who have not started, it says, for more, and I'd like you to say this word, rabim. Rabim, all right? Say it again. Rabim. It means multiplied. Here it's translated more, but rabim, you know, you say, in thank, in, to say thank you in Hebrew, you say toda, and if you say thank you very much, it's toda raba, all right? So let's say it. Toda raba. Well, raba, rabim, plural. It means literally multiplied are the children of the desolate, then the children of the married one, says the Lord. This is an amazing prophecy. This is speaking of the future regathering and restoration of Israel. And God assures Zion that he remains her husband. God says, I'm sticking to you. I'm your husband and your protector. And, he, and it's, it's prophecy that she will soon have abundant Yaladim. Let's say Yaladim. Yaladim, children, we love our children, amen? Our children, Yaladim, all our children, more children, we're going to have more children, more children, he says. Yaladim, the exiles will return to Judah, and she will be repopulated. The Lord did not divorce Zion, thank God, only briefly separate from her. And so the reconciliation, when it occurs, will last how long? Forever! Lolam, let's say Lolam. Lolam, forever! Thank God! I love Isaiah 50, verse 4. 50, verse 1, it says, so God says, where is the bill of your divorce? God says, where is it? You can't find it. God says, I'll separate from We're going to have to, because you're unfaithful to me, and you're going to, like the book of Hosea is all about that amazing book. God says, you broke my heart. You were unfaithful to me. You went out with other lovers. You broke my heart. You were you were, you went far from me. You broke my heart as your husband. He says, but I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you. I'll discipline you. I'll punish you. Yes, you're going to. But I'm not going to let you go. I'm married to you, says the Lord. I'm married to you. And, and so the separation, but not a divorce. And so uh, separate. the reconciliation will last forever. 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 So God says, sing. Sing. Praise the Lord, sing, you uprooted one, you depopulated Jerusalem. And look at verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent, Rahab in the Hebrew, let's say Rahab, Rahab, it means to widen, widen the place of your tent, stretch out, Nata, stretch out to spread over the surface, spread out your, uh, your tabernacle, stretch out your tabernacle curtains, uh, don't hold back. Let's say, don't hold back. Don't hold back. God says, don't hold back. Don't hold back. Chasach. In Hebrew, chasach, it means to hold back. It means don't hold back. Don't reduce. Don't, don't reduce. Don't get, don't get cheap with me. Don't get, don't get, you know, timid with me. Don't hold back. God says, lengthen your cords. Chasach in Hebrew, extend your cords. And he says, chasach. Let's say chasach. We know that word. Chasach. Chasach. Strengthen your stakes. 
Chazak, hold strong your stakes. God says, do that. It says in verse 3, it says, for you will spread out to the right hand and to the left. You'll spread out to the right hand and to the left. Your offspring will possess the nations and will resettle the desolate cities. Wow, amazing prophecy, amazing. He says to the right, in the Hebrew it's just, ki yamin us mo'ol. For right and left, you will spread out. Right and left. Yamin, in Hebrew, you know, yamina and smola. Right and left, if you're taking directions in Israel, yashar is straight, if you're turning in you know, the car, if you're driving, yamina. How many went to the right when you're coming in to Gateway this morning and the Google Maps says, go right, and you went right instead, and it was, yeah. then anyone went there? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's supposed to go left. <laughs> so, to the right and to the left. Uh, your courts says says you're going to spread out, and this word is teeth rotsi. Let's try that one. Teeth rotsi, teeth rotsi. And you know what that word spread out means? Teeth rotsi. You will burst. You will burst. So two Hebrew words I want you to remember today. Rabim. Let's say rabim. Rabim. And that means multiply. And teeth rotsi. Teeth rotsi means. Malt means, means you will burst. You will burst from tapats. Uh, ta, uh, I'm sorry, from fa, farats. Farats. But titrotzi, you will burst. That's what God says is going to happen. And verse 4 says, Fear not, for you will not be ashamed. Nor cringe, for you will not, you will not be disgraced. For you will forget the shame of your youth. And you will remember the reproach of your widowhood no more. No more. I love that. God says, no more. It's going to be behind you. You're not going to live in the past. It's behind you. You're going to forget because of the so you're so filled with joy over, over what I've done. You're so full of the good of the good I've brought you into. For your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts, the knights of the host, the Lord of armies is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He will be called, He will be called God of all the earth. For the Lord has called you back like a wife deserted and grieved in spirit and a wife of one's youth that is rejected, says the Lord. For a, Look at verses 7 and 8. For a brief moment I deserted you. For a brief moment, rega katon. The rega katon. For a brief moment, for restraining. It means to restrain, cease movement, ceasing movement. And then katan, of course, to reduce something that's small. We say katan a little. But in Israel, you go, rega, rega, like, wait, wait, no, uh, I'm so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's de deserted you, but I will regather you with great compassion. Rachamim gedolim, rachamim gedolim, great compassion. Just a brief moment, just for a little bit, I deserted you, but I will regather you with so much. Rachamim Gidolim, with Gidolim, so much compassion, my great motherly heart of compassion, of mercies. In a surge of anger, verse 8, I hid my face from you. Here it is again. Rega. Let's say Rega. Rega. For a moment. Just a moment. Just a moment. But with everlasting kindness. Bechesed Olam. Let's say Bechesed Olam. Bechesed Olam. Bechesed Olam. With everlasting kindness. Covenant, God's covenant love, I will have compassion on you, says Adonai, your Redeemer. What an amazing prophecy we have in Israel's future restoration. It's going to happen. 
It is happening. Like Crystal just mentioned, what's happening with the organization Jews for Jesus, with Jews for Jesus, with so many people being raised up in God's army. With, but in all facets, it's going to happen. It's going to happen more and more in our messianic movement. It's happening more and more. Times of discipline, it's, and it happens for us in our personal, in our lives. You can believe God for your personal life this morning, of course. That's why we share, we want you to believe it as well, for your personal life. Times of discipline or suffering, feel, listen, feel barren, feel barren. Times of discipline or times of suffering in your life, in my life, feel barren. But they give birth to blessings. Times of sorrow and pain will lead to greater joys. The furnace makes us strong. The furnace, we read on in verse, down further in verses, uh, I think it's verse uh, 12, 13, no, verse 16. I, I created the smith who blows the fire of coals and produces a weapon for its work. And I created the destroyer to ruin. There's fire of coals. The furnace makes us strong. For the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. He says it produces, creates its destroyer to ruin. Uh, he says, my love will not depart from you in verse 10. The mountains depart, the hills be shaken. My love will not depart from you, nor will my covenant of peace be shaken, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Afflicted one, storm-tossed, unconsoled, behold, Unconsoled, behold, I set stones of, of uh, antinomy, lay your foundations with sapphires and on and gone. All your children, in verse 13, will be taught by Adonai. Your children will have great shalom. Your children will have great shalom. And so all this is going to happen to Israel. And all this is its forecast for Israel's future. And then verse 17 a verse we, we, we know well, but let's hear it afresh in this, by the Holy Spirit, by the Ruach HaKodesh. No weapon, no weapon, no weapon, no weapon formed against you will prosper and you will condemn every tongue, every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of Adonai's servants, their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. That's right. That's what God says. Zion's suffering and humiliation will be forgotten in her glorious future. Isn't that amazing? Now, no weapon. In this week's Parsha, we are reminded how the Moabites hired Balaam, Balaam to curse Israel. But God did what? He turned it into what? A blessing. Deuteronomy 23, verses 5 and 6. Because they did not meet you with bread and water on the way when you came out from Egypt. And because they hired against you, Balaam, son of Beor, from the Tor of Aram, to curse you. But the Lord your God refused to listen to Balaam. And the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you. Why? Because he loves you. Amen.
Oh, Lord, do that for your people here. Do that for any one of us, everyone here, Lord. Thank you. We confess that you do that. We thank you for doing that. Kalal, kalala, kalala, kalala here. To curse means to diminish, to lessen, to make insignificant. Basically, the curse is you're nothing. You don't matter. That's what the curse tries to do. It tells you. The enemy says, you're nothing. You don't count. I'll diminish you. I'll lessen you. Beracha. Let's say beracha. Blessing. Beracha. Let's say it again. Beracha. Blessing. God releases blessing. He turns it into a blessing. It means to make successful. God says, you're important. You do matter. You're important. God says, yes, you are. You're important. And I love it because baracha, baracha, the knee, berech, let's say berech, berech, the knee comes from barach, blessing. That's what berech, the knee, what's the knee do? Well, it propels, one thing it does is it propels, it's the joint that propels us to go forward, to go forward. We don't go backward, we go forward. And so blessing, God propels us to go forward, not backward. He blesses. He says, I'll make you successful. I'll make you go through that. I'll turn that curse into a blessing. Doeg slandered David to King Saul, resulting in the destruction, tragically, of the city of Nob. It's actually Noved in Hebrew. Nob, N-O-B, but it's Noved. The city, that was a city of Kohanim, a city of priests. And they'd given David refuge when he was in flight from King Saul. And he was like a refugee and there in flight. And David prophesied his demise, Doeg's demise. And he declared in Psalm 52, verses 10 and 11, he says this. He says, I, but I am like an evergreen olive tree in the house of God. Hallelujah. Let's say that. I am like an evergreen olive tree in the house of God. One more time. I am like an evergreen olive tree in the house of God. How many like olives? Do you like olives? Some don't. That's okay. Maybe not. But olives. Olives. You know what? I will trust you, he says. I, and he says, I will thank you. And I'll put my hope in you. I'll trust you. I'll thank you, Lord. I'll put my hope in you. The olive, listen to this. The olive leaf remains green and moist all year long never withering. Like this heat wave we just had, and thank God it's going to, we're going to get over tonight, you know, by tomorrow it's going to get a little better. Heat wave, and, and in the, in the heat, hot, you know, that hot, you know, hot weather always in Israel, you know, so many times, and you go through the, the olive leaf remains moist and green all the time, never withering. The olive is bitter, and it's crushed. The olive from the olive tree is crushed, and it produces oil. And that oil lights up the darkness. The bitter afflictions and persecutions that David experienced made him useful and make us useful to God. Bitter afflictions and persecutions, when you experience them, and you're unjustly, it happens to you. And whatever happens, you're unjustly persecuted or whatever afflictions, it's making you, it's crushing you, yeah. It's crushing me, and it makes us more useful in the hands of God, doesn't it? It reduces us to love, doesn't it? It reduces us to forgiveness. It makes us to, into a place where we're, where we're more, more useful in the hands of God. Olive tree, 
We're an olive tree. I'm an evergreen olive tree. David says, I'm an olive tree. I'm into it all in the, in the house of God. The house of God. God has placed us in His house. Turn to Romans chapter 12. We're in the house of God. God has placed us in His house. Romans chapter 12. We are Messiah's body. That house, not a physical place. We have, thank God, we need physical places to gather, but we are an invisible body, really. One body, parts of one another. And we read in Romans 3, 12, verse 3, For though, through, through rather, the grace given me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but to use sound judgment, as God has assigned to each person a measure of faith. He's assigned to each person a measure of faith. You have a measure. I have a measure. We have different measures of faith. We don't have to have the same measure. For just as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not... Wait, let me, let me see. If, let's just do it this way. And all the parts have the exact same function. Okay? No, they don't, right? Yeah. All the parts do not have the same function. So we, who are many, are what? One body. Yes, let's say it. One body in Messiah. Let's say it. One body in Messiah. And everyone parts of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace that was given to us. It's all by grace. Everything God does is by grace. We don't deserve it. We don't merit it, we don't earn it, where it's through His strength, His grace, not our, our merit. Uh, and then he mentions different gifts of prophecy, proportion of faith, of service in our serving, or one who teaches, teaching, one who exhorts, many gifts. There's many lists, there's different places in the scripture of lists of gifts, and I don't think they're exhaustive personally. I think there's, you could even add to them, but there, there, there are many different lists teaching, gifts, giving, in giving, generosity, leads, one who shows mercy with cheerfulness, someone who just has a, just a gift to show amazing words. Let love, verse 9, be without hypocrisy, detesting what is evil, holding fast to the good, be then tenderly devoted to one another in brotherly love, outdo one another in giving honor. Don't be lagging in zeal, be fervent in spirit, Keep serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, enduring in distress, persisting in prayer. Thank God for the prayer, powerful prayer warriors we have here. So the prayer team and the people that are faithful and have, feel called to that and put, and we all should be called to it, but some of those are called to, especially putting so much time and effort into it. Contributing to the needs of the Kedushim, extending hospitality and, and so on. He goes, he goes, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Repay no one evil for evil. Even give thought to what is good in the eyes of all people. If possible, so far as it depends on you, it's not always possible, but if it, as much as it depends on you, live in shalom, live in peace with all people. Never take your own revenge, loved ones, 
but give room for God's wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And you read the Psalms, it sure, he sure does. I mean, I've been reading, doing devotionals with all these in the Psalms, and boy, David goes back to it again and again and again. And I'll tell you, give room for God's wrath, you know. He, he'll do it. Don't do it yourself. Let him take care of it. You pray, be faithful to him, and don't take revenge yourself. Don't. It's not worth it. We are Messiah's body, parts of one another, one body, each unique, special, each special, each one is important. We're interdependent, different giftings and assignments, but one goal. Same team, right? Same team. Listen, John, don't reject Peter. Peter, don't reject John. I'm talking about the disciples of Yeshua. They, they were so different, weren't they? I mean, one, one of them, which, which Peter jumps out of the boat, rushes when he's after his resurrection, you know, runs. John's like, oh, that's Yeshua. <laughs> and Peter, John's rushing, Peter's rushing. But Peter, John's discerning. John, Peter, more active. Don't judge. Don't react at one another. The different giftings and personalities. Martha, Mary, don't react at each other. Don't judge each other. You're different. Hey, don't judge Miriam because she's sitting at Yeshua's feet. What? that discerns his need, by the way, later on when he has need of the, of the appointment, you know, the anointing speech. Anyway, so, because she, she was discerning through the receiving the word. But, someone needed to be doing the work. So listen, don't judge. Don't judge each other. Excel in your gift. You'll be rewarded for being faithful in your calling. In your calling, not another's. I don't have to duplicate another, and I cannot. Nor can anyone else you. Look at Matthew 25. Turn over to Matthew 25. I've never told on this before, but I want to share on this briefly. Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. One talent. Three different guys. Three different people. Matthew 25, verse 14 through 30. Three different individuals are given... Talents. Now, a talent in my. I just, spent, I just spent a lot of hours preparing sermons, but I spent, you know, I was going to joke and say my hours of investigating what a talent is. <laughs> talent tells me right here at the bottom of the, TL, of the TLB, one talent was worth 6,000 denarii, or about six year, 16 years' wages. So one talent is 16 years' wages. That's a lot of money. Alright, so that's what they're given. For it is like a man who about to go on a journey. It's a man about to go on a journey. Now it says it's required, 1 Corinthians 4 2, it's required of stewards to be found what? Faithful. Let's say the word faithful. faithful. Faithful, right? Trustworthy, faithful. 1 Corinthians 4 2. And so here is the story. It's about, Yeshua tells the story. It's a, like a man who's going on a journey. He's about to go on a journey. And he called his own servants and handed over his possessions to them. They're his possessions. They're not theirs. He's alone. He's giving them his possessions to do something with them. But they're his. The Lord's, everything God gives us are his. He loans us. He loans us things. But everything belongs to him. 
right? He owns it. He's the owner. We're the stewards. Trustees and stewards, whatever. For, and he's going on a journey. It's like, Lord, you, you are about to go on a journey. He's about to go on a journey. Yeshua, you told us you're going to leave. And then you went on a journey. You went on a journey. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. John 14 said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. He told us he was going away. He told his disciples. And we know he left. He left like this man, like this in this parable, on a journey. He left when he, in Luke 24, 15, 51, he led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted up his hands and blessed them, which was, we believe, probably the ironic, the priestly blessing, the Berkat Konim, the priestly blessing, Yerechachai, blessed them. And while blessing them, he departed from them and was taken up to heaven. His ascension, we taught, of course, on the ascension more in depth. And also in Acts chapter 1, the several verses in the beginning of Acts 1, he showed himself to be alive after suffering, and then he appeared to them for 40 days, speaking about the kingdom of God, and, and further on, then later, he's, and while they're watching, he was taken up in a cloud, received out of their sight, and the two, the two men stood with them uh, in white clothing, angels obviously, and they said, Men of Galilee, why do you keep standing, staring into heaven? This Yeshua, who was taken up from you, from he uh, into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go, like the Matrix, no, not like the Matrix, but as you saw him go, he's going to come, you saw him go, he'll come back in the same way. So look at the story here, to the, so he, he, he says he's going on a journey, and it's a picture of the Messiah, of Yeshua, and he gives his possessions. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. Alright, how many? Five, two, and one. Each according to his own ability. Then he went on his journey. Alright, so he went on his, on his journey. Immediately, the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more. In the same way, the one with two gained two more. And, but the one who received the one went off and dug a hole in the ground, hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought another five talents, saying, Master, you handed me five talents. Look, I gained five more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a little, so I'll put you in charge of much. Enter into your master's joy. The one who had received the two talents, also the same, and the master, you've handed me two, I've been gained two more. The master said, well done, good and faithful servant. Same, same words, you are faithful with a little, so I'll put you in charge of much. Enter into your master's joy. So they're being faithful, they're, the one, they're, they're faithful with it. Here he's gone a long time in verse 19. After he says, after a long time, and we can say, Lord, right now, Lord, you've been gone a long time. It seems like you've been gone a long time. Peter tells us that, 2 Peter 3, verses uh, 8 and 9. I'll read it because I, it's, I think it's so beautiful. It says, don't forget this one thing, loved ones, that with the Lord, one day is like what? A thousand years. Yes, good, you got it. And a thousand years like 
one day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some consider slowness. Rather, He's being patient towards you, not wanting any, not wanting that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. On that, and He's going to come back. He's coming back. So He's on the journey. And, and it says, the master of the servants came to settle the accounts with them. There is a judgment coming. There, we call it the Bema. It's in the Bible, the Bible calls it the Bema, the judgment seat of the Messiah. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10 is different from the white throne judgment, the great white throne judgment in Revelation 20. This is the judgment for believers, not for... And it says, 2 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10. So whether at home or absent, we make our aim to be pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the Bema, the judgment seat of the Messiah, so that each one may receive what is due for the things he did while in the body, whether good or bad. And good or bad doesn't mean good works or bad works. It really means what is done in God or what is done apart from God. Because we can only call only what is done, what is good is anything done in Him, and what is bad is done anything that's done outside of Him. But five talents, two talents. Now we all have different gifts and abilities. And it's not how much. Five talents, two talents. One talent. It's not how much, it's faithfulness. And we will each give account, all of us, each one of us. And they hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a little. Put you in charge of much. Five talents. Same thing the two men here. I like this statement I heard. I think it's accurate. You said, someone said, greed is bad, but ambition is good. And I guess it depends what kind of ambition, but godly ambition is good. Greed is bad, we know, of course. But godly ambition, ambition in the Lord is good. Aspire, dream, pray, put God first, put God first, but then pursue and be diligent. God wants us to pursue in Him and be diligent in Him and, and have godly ambition. And so that's what these two men did. But the third man, given the one town, thought the master wasn't returning. Seems that way. Seems like he thought he wasn't coming. And so he buries the puts it buries it in the dirt and and thinks his master's not coming back. And he blames the master and justifies himself. He says, I knew in verse 24 and 25 that you are a hard man. The word means dry. You're dry, you're harsh, you're severe, you're stern. He had a skewed view of his master. And some people have a skewed view of the Lord. And so he says, I was afraid, and I went off and I hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what's yours. In other words, he says, take it, take it, here, take what's yours. He didn't want his, just his back. But he was the one who was hard. I think. He was the one who was callous toward God. He says, here, take, take what's yours. Take it. Mm -hmm. Because his view of God, listen, if I have a harsh view of God, if my view of God is that he's hard, I'm going to be hard. By the way, I'll just say that there's certain teachers I will not listen to in, in preaching and teaching. I learned years ago, if I listen to certain people, that they were hard. And I'm talking about didn't have a grace tempered in their spirit. I could, I'd stop listening to them because I'd become hard in my teaching. I'd become hard. And toward myself. And if you, and you know what? Someone was wearing a shirt in Pickleball recently, this guy that's not a believer, and he said, uh, be a good person. <laughs> he says, this picture, be a good person. And I told him, I went up to him, I said, 
I said, you know what? That sure makes me want to not be a good person. Want to be a bad. <laughs> and then I told him, I said, oh, it's a chance for me to, to share the word with my lovely guy. And I said, I said, because actually, the, you know, the Bible says there's a verse in the Bible. It's First Corinthians 15, 57. The strength of sin is the law. You know. And, if the, and when I'm told, do, you know, be a good person, it makes me want to not <laughs> just be the opposite. You know, but the strength, because the strength of righteousness is grace. This man had a wrong view of God. And so he was hard on himself, and and uh, and couldn't you didn't didn't use it. And so the Lord says in very strong words here, "You wicked and lazy servant, you wicked, you wicked and lazy, you timid, you're timid, you're shrinking." It means timid servant. Hebrews six ten verses thirty six through thirty nine says, "The timid ones don't be the, like the timid ones that are going to destruction." That be the faithful ones that are that are preserving their souls. Or John says, abide in him so that when he appears we have confidence and not and we're not ashamed, not shrinking back, not ashamed that is coming. Don't be timid, but faithful, he says. Don't be the, the, the those. Throw the worthless, the useless means servant, into the outer darkness, meaning into a place of disfavor, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Probably meaning regret. He's angry. He's re all regretting. Why didn't I? Why didn't I use my talent? Why didn't I put it to good use? Now, is this a counterfeit disciple? Many of the commentators believe a counterfeit disciple. He never really knew the Lord. Never really knew the Lord. Counterfeit disciple. Yeshua said, "I never knew him. Apart from him, I never knew him." Matthew seven twenty three or Second Timothy two nineteen. The Lord knows those that are His. You know. Or what I would call maybe a dropout disciple. A dropout disciple. He gave up. And so there's no rewards. No rewards. Dropped out. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15.10, By the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored harder than all day. I worked harder than all day, but not I, but the grace of God that was with me. It's His grace. It was Him that strengthened. He gave me this grace. Remember Philippians 2, 12 and 13, He gives me the willing and the doing. He does the willing, it's the Greek says, He does the willing and the doing. He gives you, He puts the desire in and He gives me the power to do it. It's all Him. And so the glory will all go to Him. When he, if He rewards us at the Nehemiah, at the judgments, He will say, what? I don't get it. I should be, what are you rewarding me for? I didn't do anything. Really, that's the way we, we would feel. It's not like, I earned this. You know, I need, where's my gold? Where's my, where's my reward? Where's, I want to be, I should be sitting next to you. I should be having, you know, not sitting next to you. I should be reigning with you. I should be doing the, having this. No, no. It's the opposite. But the question is, what has God given me? What has God given you this morning? Are you being faithful with it? We will give account. He wants to reward you. He wants to reward you and me with His joy with his joy in future responsibility. We will each be rewarded for our own work, for our own work. 1 Corinthians 3, 12-15, if anyone builds on the foundation gold, silver, costly stones, or wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear for the day. Hayom, Hayom, say Hayom. Hayom, the day, it's the capital D, will show it. Because it's to be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work, what sort it is. And if the work on the foundation survives, we will receive a reward. 
If anyone's work is burned up, he'll suffer loss, but he'll be saved, passed through fire, he'll make it, but no rewards. But God wants to reward us. And in closing, we are Messiah's body. God has placed 1 Corinthians 12, 18, the parts, each one of them, in the body, just as he desired. Just as he desired. Do you realize that? Now God has placed the parts. Repeat it with me. Now God has placed the parts, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. Do you believe that? That's what the Bible says. He made you just right. He's given you just what you need to do what he's called you to do. And it says if, you, if they were all one part, where would the body be? If everyone was like you or me, we'd be a mess. Thank God you're not like me. Thank God I'm not like you. He's made us all unique. The eye cannot tell the hand, I don't need you, verse 21, 22, or, the, or in turn the head to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be less important are indispensable. We need each other. If there are, and it's verse 25 through 27, he says that there may be no division in the body so that the parts may have the same care for one another. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer together. One part is honored, all the parts rejoice together. Now you are the body of the Messiah. Amen. Amen. Richard Wurmbrand tells this story. I close my sixth closing. No, this is really close. <laughs> I really close with this story. Richard, Richard, he closed with this story. Listen to this. Richard Hext was born with crippled hands and feet. He was disabled. His hands hung normally following an operation, but he had not the slightest power in them. This did not keep him from attaining his ambition to become a painter. He attended the School of Arts for seven years, then he earned his living as a painter, wielding a brush with his teeth. There it is, picture of him right there. Some of his paintings are so beautiful that they hang in Buckingham Palace. Moses became a great preacher though he was a stutterer. Rahab became a saint in an in, and an ancestor in the Lord, though she was first a prostitute in a heathen nation. Peter became a martyr, though he was a coward by nature. We first see him trembling before a servant maid who could do him no harm. After the resurrection, the same man stood in the marketplace in Jerusalem, defying the rulers of the nations and the mob. History tells us he eventually died for his Lord, by his own request, crucified head downwards. A believer convicted of both adultery and murder probably would give up hope of ever again being useful to the Lord. But David repented and wrote beautiful psalms which are our spiritual nourishment. Solomon fell into idolatry and promiscuity but became the author of three books of the Bible. No physical intellectual or moral handicap is unconquerable. If you have no hands, paint by using your teeth, but make pictures for the Lord. So what has God given me? What has God given you? Am I being faithful with it? I will give account. No one can replace you. He wants to reward me you and me, with his joy and future responsibility in the kingdom. 
We're His body. One body. We need each other. Start singing. Get ready to shout. Let's enlarge the place of our tent for the harvest. Stretch out our curtains. Don't hold back. Lengthen our cords. Strengthen our stakes. Rabim. Let's say Rabim. Let's say, I can say, Siprozi. Siprozi. Multiply, you will burst. The best is yet to come. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you. Would you close, stand with me? And we're going to close in the benediction. And, and then uh, Shomrim is going to come. They can come back up now, actually. To, uh, you're going to continue to worship. But we'll close in the benediction. And if you need prayer, if you, if you need prayer, if you've never received Yeshua, you want to come and pray. The prayer warriors are going to be up here. Some amazing, are amazing people of prayer. Come pray with someone. You need prayer for healing. You need prayer just someone to agree with you and, and weep with you or rejoice with you today. Father, we just thank you and praise you. If you never received Yeshua, there's a simple prayer just to open your heart up to say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've, I've gone far from you or I've never come to you. I've... I thank you for sending Yeshua to die for my sins. Lord, I just opened myself. I'm coming. I ask you to help me, to forgive me, come into my life. I just want to receive Yeshua today. Lord, I want to give my life to you. Lord, I want to stand at the judgment. I want to be able to, to, to know that my sins are forgiven, that I have your righteousness, your, your, uh, your gift, Lord, forgiveness and new life. Yeshua, you're, raising, you're receiving Yeshua today. Well, please write us if you're watching online. Let us know so we can have contact with you. If you're here today, someone, one of these beautiful folks will pray with you, will agree with you, and uh, help you in that new walk. Let us know. Praise you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to close in the benediction. Yisem lecha shalom B'shem Yeshua HaMashiach Sa'ha shalom The Lord bless you and keep you The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah.